Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your host, Hal Elrod. And today we're going to talk about why you should set stupid goals. Now, you might be wondering what, what, how that's weird. Why, why, why would we want to set stupid goals? Well, my guest today, Steve Sims, he's back on the podcast. We had him on episode 222. The title of that episode was The Art of Making Anything Happen. And that is what Steve is known for. So when I talk about stupid goals, it's based on his new book, Go for Stupid. The Art of Achieving Ridiculous Goals, but the word ridiculous is really the synonym when we talk about stupid, right? Goals that are so big, they're beyond what you maybe have ever considered for yourself. Maybe other people are going to laugh because the goal sounds so outrageous. You know, this is really a follow-up, I feel, on episode 449 that we did a few weeks ago, How to Achieve Everything on Your Bucket List with Ben Nimpton. Ben Nimpton, Steve Sims, like Ben, these are two individuals that there really are no limits to the things that they will pursue and actually achieve. So in his new book, Go for Stupid, Steve teaches you how to ignore what everyone else thinks and go for big, stupid, ridiculous goals. From organizing a private dinner in front of Michelangelo's David to securing a tour of SpaceX led by Elon Musk himself, Steve's accomplishments always start with the same questions. How far can I take this? What would make this a ridiculous, stupid achievement? And Steve examines famously stupid goals in history in this book, in today's interview, we touch on how can you begin to get out of your comfort zone and set goals that you might consider ridiculous because they're so far removed from what we've accomplished before. This though, to me, as the host of the Achieve Your Goals podcast, these are the type of people I want to bring you to get you thinking outside of the box outside of your comfort zone so that you can accomplish more than you ever have before and maybe more than you've even considered possible for you. And the reality is if you do something amazing, right, you'll be ridiculed until you are revered. So stop overthinking, listen to today's episode, be inspired by the one and only Steve Sims, and you can start going for ridiculous, stupid goals. And once you go for stupid, you open the door to the life you always dreamed of. Before we dive into the episode and the conversation with Steve, I want to take just a couple of minutes to thank our two sponsors. First and foremost is Organifi. And there's a specific product I want to mention today. I've mentioned it in the past, but it's on sale. This is a rare occasion where Organifi sent me an email, said, hey, we have one of our products going on sale. Do you want to tell your audience? This product is called Pure. Again, you've heard me mention it before. I've taken it in the past, and there was a story where I was at a hotel about to give a speech, and my brain was not working. Like I had such brain fog, I drank a pier the morning of the speech, and within 30 minutes, I was thinking so clearly, finished writing my speech, and went on and got a standing ovation. And so I became a believer in Pure at that moment. And right now, you get 30% off of Pure, plus, as a listener to the podcast, when you use the code HAL, you get an additional 20% off. So that's a total of 50% off if this is a product that you want to try. And it includes nine superfoods. It's 100% certified organic. And it basically tastes like like a lemonade, if you will. And it comes in 
14 portable packets. And this is a nootropic. It helps your brain to function, your BDNF, your brain-derived nootropic factor, it increases it. So you think clearer, it supports memory, and um, you know you can just get more done and be more effective in how you do things. So check out Organifi.com forward slash Hal, that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, Organifi.com forward slash Hal, and then you can find the product Pure. And again, it's on sale, 30% off plus 20% off as a listener of the podcast when you use the discount code H-A-L, HAL at checkout. And of course, there's a lot of other products there as well, the protein powder, all that. But if you haven't tried Pure, now is the best time because you're getting 50% off. Last but not least, our uh, sponsor, Cured Nutrition, and they make some of the best CBD and overall health products. And CBD is their binding agent, which is a natural organic compound found in nature. And it helps all of their products work better. Everything from their rise that I take in the morning to their nightcaps that I take in the evening, Cure Nutrition helps me function at my best. And in conjunction with Organifi, it's a great one-two punch. Head over to curednutrition.com. That's C-U-R-E-D, curednutrition.com forward slash Hal. And then use the same discount code H-A-L, HAL, at checkout. And as a listener to the podcast, you will get 20% off your entire order. All right, without further ado, let's talk about why you should set stupid goals with my good friend, Mr. Steve Sims. All right, Steve Sims, we've officially been on the line for about three and a half seconds. And I said, let's not have any small talk. Let's hit record and see what the hell happens, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, how can that possibly go wrong? Yeah. Considering I haven't talked to you in probably a year or more, maybe two. Did anything happen globally between then and now? I don't even, pretty, life is normal. I, I think the world, I think the world's got pretty much turned upside down, hasn't it? So, uh, Things have happened. It's a little crazy, man. Um, where are you? Uh, where are you calling me from right now? I'm funny enough. I'm in Bradley's office. You can see all Bradley's stuff. Oh um, yeah, you know it's Bradley's I'm, office because his name is everywhere. <laughs> the books, the book, yeah, yeah. everything, the place. But I'm doing a I'm doing an interview with him uh, shortly after this for dropping bombs nice. for the book, and so he said, "Throw in here." So I'm in Vegas doing a whole studio lineup of nice. uh, videos for the book. Nah, good for you, man. Hopefully when my next book comes out, I, Bradley will have me back. Well, you know I'll have you. Yeah, there you go. When This is good. This is a good warm-up. Um, we don't use as much foul language as Brad will invite you to drop on his show. We, we're a little more PG-13 rated, but... Um Anyway, man. So, all right. So where could we start? Where should we start? I had you on. I, I did look it up. I always forget to look up when I have a second guest on uh, the first episode, and I always sound like I'm floundering. I go, I, I had you on at some point. No, it was episode 222. That, uh, yeah. And uh, in fact, let me see what it was called. It was the title of the episode was The Art of Making Anything Happen with Steve Sims. And I think that's a good place to start. Let's actually start with, you know, you've got a lot of famous stories and, uh, you know, similar to me where you tell them over and over and over. But um, if you're like me, you still enjoy telling the stories, right? So yeah. let's start with one of the most extraordinary, the famous Michelangelo dinner is right like let, let's let's tell this story because for those that don't know i mentioned that the last episode that we did together episode 222 if y'all want to go back and listen to it the art of making anything happen 
That is what Steve Sims does. And I guess I will have given you an intro by the time this is uh, is live. And this is a, an example of, you know, you literally, the way I define a miracle is an extraordinary result beyond the realm of what most people believe is possible. And if if that doesn't define the type of miracles you create on a regular basis, I don't know what does. So, so let's talk about it. So, so share your story, man. Uh, how did how did you end up at the statue of David in the famous museum in Italy? It's easy, really. Yeah. Um, I had a client contact me. For a start, I work with wealthy people, okay. so I know they can afford it. That's the first thing. Okay. There's no there's no payment plans with me. So <laughs> I had I had this guy. He contacts me, and I was in Rome at the time. To name drop, I'd been asked to get a couple married by the Pope in the Vatican. So I was in Rome organizing that. So, so, yeah, slide that miracle in on the way to the other miracle, yeah. There you go. And this guy contacted me on a Sunday night, and he said, hey, I'm in Florence on uh, Wednesday. I believe you're in Italy. I want to have a dining, and here was the key, a dining experience that will show how connected and powerful I am. <laughs> okay. So, but that was, the, that was the two things. So one of them was, there was it had to be grand because yeah. it had to show off how brilliant he was. Yeah. But it was the key, key word in there was experience, not a meal, mm. not a restaurant, not a, hey, get me into a hard-to-get restaurant and get the chef to come out and pander to me for 10 minutes. None of that. How can you give me an amazing dining experience that will expose how connected I am? So I went to work on it. I ended up getting the Accademia de Galleria, which if you don't know that name, that's the famous museum in Italy that houses the most iconic statue in the planet, Michelangelo's David. Mm. And I closed the museum down from about three o'clock in the afternoon. And at nine o'clock at night, I had my guests walk in and there was a table of six set up at the feet of Michelangelo's David. <laughs> They had the entire museum. It was a real Thomas Crown uh, moment. Yeah. They had the entire museum to themselves. They did a walk around. They had champagne. They got to sit private tour of the museum, private tour around David, sit down. I had a string quartet, and I had a pianist. And then as they went through their appetizers and they started to hit the pasta, I said to them, hey, I hope you don't mind, but I got a local entertainer that I thought would be nice <laughs> to serenade you during your pasta. Is that okay if I bring him in? And they went, uh, yeah, absolutely, no problem at all. And then I walked in with Andrea Bocelli to serenade him while they started to pass that. And here's the story. Not a lot of people know this bit. Okay. The fiancé, okay, dropped her fork <laughs> when she saw Andrea. Now, you think about it. We're in a museum full of marble, marble walls, marble statues, marble floor. That thing echoed for what felt like about 20 minutes. Wow. <laughs> It was hysterical, but yeah, she dropped her fork. It was uh, it was quite funny. And and now you you arranged this, but you got to ex- you got to be there, right? You got to you got to watch the whole thing oh, unfold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always joked that. Well, think about it. My client turned up at like ten to nine and left at probably about eleven thirty. I had the museum to myself from three o'clock in the afternoon till two o'clock in the morning. Nice. So, to say that I've probably got the better experience is an understatement. Yeah, oh, I'd love to see the selfies that you took with uh, with the statue of David. Right there's yeah, Steve yeah. and his beard, and it, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> me and Andre Bocelli doing the selfies. Yeah, no, I did all of that, and I think that you actually just stumbled on something there that I've never discussed. Okay, I think part of my ability to do these things 
is my immaturity and my curiosity. Now, we've all got kids that will just go off on a childlike trance to try things. And as we get older, we're taught this horrible word, grow up. Mm. And my wife often says to me that I'm a 55-year-old, five-year-old. <laughs> I just, I'm just immensely curious. How can I get in there? How can I get out of job? How can I get on driver chair? And I'm just very, very curious. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense, right? And and playful yeah. and fun. And it's also, it makes you likable because you're, you know, you're adorable like a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you want to stick me in time out or not. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say that there is times I get into rooms that I shouldn't. I get into conversations that I'm ill-qualified to be in, but it's that curiosity that perpetuates me forward. Yeah. So what, and so why did you write, your first book was Blue Fishing, which yeah. I had you on, uh, and Blue Fish is the name of your company, correct? Yeah, it was. I actually don't do it anymore uh, because now I do more speaking and coaching oh. and all the other palavras. So, yeah, Bluefish, we kind of – I've done it for 25 years. There's only, yeah. only so many back doors, red carpets, white carpets, yeah. you know, behind the scenes you can go to before you start yawning. Yeah, you probably actually wore out your – you know, that, I mean, I think you went a little too long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did. I did. And my wife was like, I'm not going again. You know, we. I think it was six or seven years – we went to Sir Elton John's Oscar party. Mm. Now, first couple of years, great. Yeah. But then it gets tired. You're like, oh, tired. we got to go to Elton John's again, again honey. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't so we just did, stay yeah. home and watch a movie? <laughs> that was it. I did trust me. We've had those conversations. So, That's yeah, funny. I had to, I just kind of moved away from that. And to be honest with you, the book helped me. I, I won't say helped me, it ignited me. Because for 25 years, I was probably the most connected guy that no one had ever heard of. Yeah. You know, I was dealing with Elton John and Elon Musk and Richard Branson and people you've never heard of from Russia, Macau, Korea, some very colorful characters I've, I've got in my Rolodex that when I got the chance to write Bluefish in, I just wanted to write how a bricklayer was able to do these things. And I honestly didn't think it would take off. And I'm not trying to be coy or humble. Yeah. I thought, oh, this would be good. You know, this means I can tell my kids I'm an author now. Oh, yeah, this yeah. Be fun. It went stupid. It went worldwide. It got picked up. And of course, as you know, when you write something with your heart, mm. people then contact you and expect you to help them further. Yeah. So it really pushed me into a, a whole new point. And then, of course, COVID came across, which just changed the temperature of the room, just changed people and their mindsets and what they were willing to tolerate and what they were being fed. And that kind of created the, uh, the ignition for my second book. Okay, so let's talk about that because that is very much related to the podcast. This podcast is called Achieve Your Goals, and uh, the new book is Go for Stupid, The Art of Achieving Ridiculous Goals. I love the title, Go for Stupid, eh, for multiple reasons. It, it just it fits your personality. <laughs> it's, uh, it's fun, right? And, and it's, well, we'll, we'll explain. I actually would love, as an author, I'm going to selfishly ask you, when did that title come to you? It came to me about 10 years ago. Oh, okay. Um, because the first thing, it's like Voldemort. You never say Voldemort's name. You also should never say the word impossible. Now, I know people go, oh, that just stands for I'm possible. But secretly, subconsciously, you're giving that word power. Yeah. So whenever someone would come to me and they go, oh, I'd like you to do this, Steve, but 
I, I understand it's impossible. That just, because you think it's impossible, that just gave me the chance to invoice you three times more than I would have done, <laughs> you know? So sure. we never recognized that word. And we literally, whenever we would do anything, just like the David, we would first of all get the request and then kind of ignore it and go, okay, how can we go for stupid here? Not, let's go for the impossible because you've already committed in your head that it's a dead end. Yeah. What's the most ridiculous thing that we could do? How can we go for stupid? And we used to sit around our rooms, whether it be at home with my family, whether it be the office for the team, and we'd go, right, let's go for stupid. We want to do something in Paris. Where should we do it? Let's go to the rooftop of the, of the Eiffel Tower. And we would always start with the stupid goal mm. and quite often, quite often fail. But what we achieved was 20 times more than what we felt possible. And do you know what weird thing happens? Mm. It starts growing. You know, all of a sudden, 90% of your ridiculous requests come off. And like I remember the, uh, the David, I walked in there with no plan B. Yeah. And when I said to him, hey, this is what I would love to do. I would like to wake up in the morning, tomorrow morning, and like all of us, paint the picture of the experience I'm trying to create. Mm. I'd like to wake up on Thursday morning, and this would be the memory from Wednesday night. And then I would get them to buy into the dream. Mm -hmm. And then you never ask them, hey, can we do this? Because no is always the fastest word to hear. Yeah. You always ask them, so what do we need to do to make it happen? Mm. And I would always go for, and I remember walking out of the academia on the Monday. We were doing the meal on the Wednesday. On the Monday, thinking, well, if it fails, I better look for a backup. Walking out going, wow. I've got an entire museum, all to myself, you know, and I was just astounded. But it's amazing. We all know the Wayne Gretzky, you miss all the shots you, yeah. you fail to take. I've always believed I get a no for every question I don't ask. Mm. And I've always been kind of bothered by the fact that today's society isn't worried about getting a no. It's not worried about failing. It's not worried about rejection. It's worried about other people seeing them fail. Mm. And laughing at them. And we've actually been growing over the past two years. Think of cancelled culture. Sure. You know, we spent two years trying to find sound bites from like 1979 of when yeah. you went along to a fancy dress party as a Chinese person. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we're going to cancel your show. Yeah. You know, it was all this kind of, we spent a, a tremendous amount of energy ridiculing and laughing people in this gotcha society. Mm. But what I couldn't get over was Jeff Bezos doesn't care about you laughing at him. Elon Musk doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah, Richard Branson doesn't care. All of the people that were actually creating impacts in the world that we revere, Jean-Paul de Julia, mm. you, all of these people, we don't care about people laughing at them because the people that are laughing are nine times out of ten terrified that you're going to achieve it mm. and validate that they can't. Mm. That's a great point. I love, you know, I was just talking to somebody right before our call, 30 minutes before you and I jumped on uh, the Zoom here. I was talking to a, a friend I haven't talked to in a couple of years, and he was just asking me to give him an update. And I was sharing with him in 2016, and I'm relating this to the whole going for stupid. And for anybody listening right now, I, I want you to actually, before I share this story, I want you to think about what Steve is talking about in that the, you know, how often are you going for goals that feel impossible, right? 
And for most people, it's, well, no, I don't, I don't go after goals that feel impossible because I probably am going to fail. And then either I'm going to, like you said, Steve, I'm going to embarrass that other people see me fail, or I'm going to feel like a failure. And then I've created this meaning that to fail is bad versus yeah. to fail is awesome. Right. Yeah. If you're going for stupid all the time, you're going for these ridiculous goals and dreams. Maybe you missed the first seven, but the eighth you hit and you, oh my God, I did it. Right. And, uh, and so that's the first thing I want to share is just, if you're listening, I really want you to think about, and we're going to go much further into this, but what Steve's talking about and, and look at yourself and go, are you going for goals that are extraordinary? Because that's when a human being is at their finest. You are at your finest when you are boldly going after things that you don't fully know how you're going to accomplish. And there's a big part of you that, that, that actually is scared to death and, and thinks you might not do it, but you're going after it anyway, because you realize that that's a better way to live. That's a better way to live. And I was talking to this friend and he asked me for some updates. And uh, I said, you know, what's wild right now is we have the miracle morning in schools. There are, I think, 1800 schools in New York. And right now, 246 of them are doing the miracle morning every day. And here's what's crazy about that. In 2016, I wrote a 10 year vision for the miracle morning. It was right before I got cancer. And I, I, had, I had forgotten it. I literally wrote it and I kind of forgot about it. And, and a few months back, I found it. Uh, on my computer. And uh, I written down one of my 10-year vision pieces was that by 2026, every school in the world, every classroom starts their day with the miracle morning so that students are meditating and reciting affirmations and visualizing and exercising and reading and journaling what they're grateful for. And I wrote down the outcomes are bullying has been eradicated because you're not going to beat up the kid next to you when you've developed empathy and self-love through your daily miracle morning, right? Kids are more confident. They believe in themselves. They're happier. Their families are affected because the kids are coming home, right? So I wrote this down. I had no idea how I was going to achieve it, right? I mean, it was a stupid goal. How do I get every school in the world to start the day with my practice? Well, to keep a, a long story relatively short, uh, Brianna Greenspan, who wrote the Miracle Morning Art of Affirmations book, she started hosting a Miracle Morning Clubhouse Room. I didn't ask her to do that. One day on a clubhouse room, a principal spoke up and said, hey, we do the Miracle Morning in our school every day across the loudspeaker for six minutes. We guide our kids through the savers. And another principal was on the call and said, hey, can you teach us how to do this? And there it was. And now over 70,000 Miracle Morning books have reached schools in New York and poverty-stricken schools in Compton, California, um, and now are going nationwide and eventually worldwide. And here's, here's the point. Here is the point. The point is, I wrote down a stupid goal that I had zero idea how to achieve. No idea how to execute, right? But if you won't even let yourself think consider, dream of what might be possible, then it's, then it is impossible. Impossible is a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so Steve, so I love, I love that. I'd love for you to share a little more about like what, what's the book going to do for people? How's it going to help people? What are some of the specifics? So there's a lot of stories in there of kind of the things that I've got up to and what I learned from it. And I learned some great lessons from the Bocelli. Uh, I learned how to ask and how to ask. So not only ask more of what I wanted, 
but also ask more of me. I also wanted to basically build up self-confidence to not worry about the gotcha society and to actually understand that those people pointing and jeering at you nine times out of ten can't afford you. It's those people that we shouldn't be listening to that are usually the noisiest. And so the book's going to run through that. It's also going to run through conversations I've had with some phenomenally talented people throughout the planet, from Elton John, Richard Branson, Elon Musk, where they talk about quite simply how they envisage goals and how they're actually able to dispel the concern about the laughter. In fact, a good friend of ours, a you know, joint friend of ours, Joe Polish, mm. he openly turns around and he says the definition of hell is to keep, uh, to uh, meet the man or woman you could have been. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to, and this is quite simply aggravation, I hated COVID, not because it locked us down, none of that. I actually had, I'm, I'm going to say it quite openly, COVID was the best years of my life. I've heard that you know? from people before, yeah. Yeah, it really was good. Here's a little fact that you may be aware of. Did you know over 5 million new millionaires were registered during that two-year period of COVID. That's more than any other two-year period in our lifespan. Really? More people went, hang on, classic Sean Stevenson, how can I make this be done for me Mm. and not to me? Mm. And so I wanted to give people the chance to go, hey, look, COVID was here. Everyone was in this cancel mentality, the cancel culture, Mm. as it came up in the gotcha society. I wanted to be able to challenge the way you thought to, like you, come up with ridiculous goals. Dream. Be a child. Because those goals are only going to be achieved once you've dreamt them. Yeah. And that's what we've got to do. So you're going to get tactics from the book. You're going to hear some great lessons. Like Fargo would say, Henry Ford, did you know they actually tried to ban Henry Ford doing the car? Mm. And the reason they tried to ban it was because the horses could go through the woods the cars couldn't. Uh, that was that reasoning. They tried to ban coffee. They tried to ban a light bulb. Stuff that quite simply we could not live without today mm. was first ridiculed before it became a mainstream of life itself. And I want those people out there, like you say, to stop going to, to go for what you think you can achieve, to forget that word, I'm possible, even exists. Yeah. Get it out of your vocabulary. It's not in there. And dare to dream of a ridiculous, stupid goal. Reverse engineer it. You may well fail, but let's be serious. The mantra of every entrepreneur is the first time we try anything, it'll be terrible. Yeah, sure. You know, you, you remember your first podcast. You remember your first manuscript. You remember your first, we're both speakers on stage. Do you remember your first speech on stage? Oh, yeah, you know? sure. Compared to what it is now, because you've been doing it for 10, 15 years. Yeah. So I want people to get used to the fact that actually that failing, that's education. Yeah. And that education becomes experience. And that experience becomes credibility. And you can invoice very well for your credibility. There you go. One of my favorite books of all time was Failing Forward by John Maxwell. You ever read that one? Yep. Yeah, yeah I did. I did. Great book. Yeah. I mean, and you can, the title kind of tells you, right? It's it's the idea yeah. that just embrace failure. It's part of the process to success. And you think about everybody that's been really successful in life, they typically failed at one thing and then another and then another and then, oh, one kind of took off, but it fizzled. So then they kept trying, right? And then, oh, they finally figured it out. They finally found their one thing, their idea, their sweet spot, whatever it was. But if they weren't willing to fail along the way, 
they would have never found it. And I think for most of us, that fear of failure stops us from even trying. So, and you're just, you're, you're a living example of somebody who uh, has, you know, has boldly gone where no man has gone before, if you will. Um, it was, so Literally. what, yeah, what's next for you? What, what are you, you mentioned you're on the speaking circuit now. And, and so writing, yeah. speaking, is that your primary focus? What, what's next? Well, I, I run, I have a media company, you know, I did very well with Bluefish when we were working with some of the biggest events in the planet from the New York Fashion Week, Kentucky Derby, Formula One. So we run a marketing and media company focusing on branding that's been you know my big my big bread and butter but i've been on the speaking circuit for about four and a half years now i'm doing lots of gigs in fact i'm one of the headline keynotes for traffic and conversion this year in san diego i'm with richard branson in a couple of weeks funny enough and then about a month ago i was with gary v so it's just it's just all taken off i do a lot of speaking a lot of coaching i have my private events called speakeasies and um I try to do things a bit different. Like one of the things I'm doing in November is I'm going to prison. And as I believe you're aware, I go to prison, and this was pre-COVID, so this will be the first, second time back since COVID. But I basically go to prison three times a year to a level four maximum security, and I bring about 40 entrepreneurs. They all have to donate 500 bucks each. They donate it to the prison for education programs, and we train inmates that are called EITs, entrepreneurs in training. Mm. And we basically take that illegal hustle yeah. and turn it into productive hustle. Nice. Um, and I've been doing that for about four years, thanks to uh, being introduced to it by Jason Gaynard. Oh, yeah. And so I'm really, I'm really just trying to continue that growth. I'm trying to continue that education. I'm trying to stretch myself. And we can only be stretched when we're willing to step into uncomfortable situations. And that's what I try to do on a regular basis. I love that. So go for stupid. Last question about that book is who is it for? And the reason I ask you that is you mentioned, you know, that your clients with Bluefish were all wealthy individuals. Um, I'd imagine this is not strictly for wealthy individuals, but you you tell me who, who is go for stupid for? It's the people that are getting in the way of themselves. And as you know, that's most business owners. Sure. So it's for entrepreneurs, it's for business owners, it's for people in relationships where they want to turn around and go, hang on a minute, I'm settling. Yeah. So if you're out there and quite simply, you're happy with your life and you're happy driving to work for your nine till five and you're happy mowing the lawn on the weekend, do not waste your money and buy this book. But if you're annoyed, if you're aggravated and you're not willing to settle and you wonder, what am I capable of by listening to what other people? Yeah, I left school at 15 years old. I was a bricklayer. I was a doorman. And now I can you know, send a text to Elon Musk and Alan John. I want those people that are aggravated where they are to go, hang on a minute. Surely there's more. Where's the roadmap? Mm. And that's what the book's going to be there for. The roadmap. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You're a perfect example of you can come from humble beginnings. You can be a total screw up and, st- you know, you can be not even very good looking. I mean, I'm looking at you right now <laughs> and, uh, and you can still end up, uh, living the life of your dreams and helping other people do the same. So, um, cool. Steve, any, yeah, any, I can't, I can't uh, argue that uh, one. I can't. Uh, you're actually, you're actually a pretty good looking guy. Uh, what, uh, any final, uh, parting words for the achieve your goals audience, the miracle morning community? Yeah, stop selling. You know, get get your standards. If you if you get a cold drink and it's supposed to be warm, send it back. If you get some fries 
and now cold, send them back. If you're having a conversation that's not going well, change the conversation. If you've got people around your table that don't challenge and inspire you, change your table. So start changing your standards and settle up. Yeah, and, and, and ironically, stupid is the standard that we're talking about, right? Aspire. Yeah. Go for stupid. So, yeah. uh, well, goal achievers, the book is "Go for Stupid: The Art of Achieving Ridiculous Goals." It is by Steve Sims, the author who has himself achieved ridiculous goals, and uh, I'm excited to. I just ordered my copy as well. It just came out on October 18th. So, um, well, Steve, I love you, brother. It is so great to see you, I man. You. And uh, you know, I actually, I, I have to share this. I remember a moment when you and I were. Um, I think it was at a mastermind talks event, but I had seen you speak and I was enamored. I was like, wow, that guy is awesome. Like, I love your authenticity. I love your sense of humor. I love your personality. And I kind of had you on a pedestal and you came up to me uh, at the hotel and, uh, and you were almost like nervous to talk to me. And you're like, how, you know, I read miracle morning and it changed my yeah. life and, and I'm such a big fan. And I, I would love yeah. to talk to you. You know, it's, it's just amazing that, uh, right. We're both having the same thoughts about each other. Like, <laughs> wow, I'm not, I'm not cool enough to hang out with Steve Sims and, you know, and, and you're thinking the same. So, um, yeah, man. So, uh, you really endeared yourself to me in that moment with your humility and, uh, your vulnerability. And, uh, I've loved you ever since, man. Cheers, buddy. Thanks for being who you are and sharing. All right, brother. Goal Achievers, I love you very, very much. And uh, get the book, Go for Stupid. And I will talk to y'all next week. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 